welcome to We Got a Podcast, a podcast normally about Dragon Ball. From Nerve to Casper to Asuka, we're going to cover it all. I'm Ken. And I'm Randy's in his heaven, all's right with the world. It is. <laughs> Beautiful. And I'm Doug's being a little bitch again. All right. Oh, we got the last name in there this <laughs> last time. Last name. Like yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Good stuff. Don't dox me. So, Doug, you're here with us now and yes. for the all future episodes of this Ava podcast that we're going to do. Uh, you came in listening to us talk about End of Ava and Death True 2, and now you are an Ava expert. Is that correct? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would say that, actually. Yeah, indeed. After listening right. to your guys talk about it i felt so uh, i i i didn't want to be on the for on the ava thing like no 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 more podcasts i'm good with your dragon ball but listening to you guys talk about it explaining it just gave me that ava uh like urge to watch again and so i'm i'm here now all right and you have actually long for the ride you've been watching the show too right yeah like that that's i just immediately hopped on that because I, I at that point i didn't i don't think i really had an intention on being on these podcasts but after watching that i'm like no yeah i, I want to talk about this stuff and learn more because I still have more questions. Like, even though you guys explained it, I still have so many, uh, so many questions. So how far into the show are you now? I think episode nine. Okay. So so uh, I think it's after the Asuka and Shinji teaming up. They're like dancing uh, routine. That they yeah, do. yeah. Yeah. What's the name of that episode, Randy? Both of you dance like you want to win. There we go. <laughs> nice. I knew he'd, I knew you'd know it. So, well, this time we're here to talk about the first of the four rebuild films. And this, of course, is Rebuild of Evangelion 1.11, You Are Not Alone, known in Japan as Evangelion Shin Gekijoban Jo, which, of course, means new Eva, new theatrical version, beginning. And uh, these movies, there's... We have to wind it back all the way to end of Ava. <laughs> Please. Just from a production standpoint. Now, we could do an entire podcast alone on the production of this movie. So we're going to kind of skate through it as fast as we can. Keep in mind, there is so much that we're skipping over. As I was doing research ahead of this, I was like, okay, I have to stop reading because we're not ever going to actually make it to the plot. So we have to, <laughs> I had to just skip through it's it. But that involved, huh? It is. There is just so much that went into it and the drive to make this the best possible thing it could be. Uh, it's a, you could make a movie out of the story of making <laughs> Rebuild. It's, Why haven't it's they? Incredible. Like a little documentary. Well, there are documentaries about Ava. Uh, most notably, I think there's one on Amazon Prime about, 3.0 plus 1.0. Uh, but that's for another episode yeah, yeah, yeah. of this here Ava-themed not-Dragonball podcast. So what is Rebuild? So the end of Ava premiered July 19th, 1997 in Japan. And then soon after that, there was a little show called Pokemon or Pocket Monsters in Japan. And on December 16th, 1997, the infamous Computer Warrior Porygon episode airs. Uh, so that's how far back we have to go back for reverberations, Doug, of where we're Dang. going here for Ava 1.11. Because I don't for know if you've that, watched... For those up? that don't know the Pokemon fiasco, maybe you should explain that. Right. So... If you've ever watched anime these days, um, most notably coming to mind here would be something like My Hero Academia. It's even in the intros you see this kind of thing where there's suddenly like a lot of flashing animation going on. And instead of it, I don't know, having the right hype or impact that it should, it's all kind of grayed out. And they really bring the levels down so that kids don't have seizures. 
And the reason that Japan is so sensitive to this is that on December 16th, 1997, Computer Warrior Porygon aired uh, 38th episode of Pocket Monsters and infamously has this big blue and red flashing scene in it. And lots of kids had seizures. Purportedly, yeah. reportedly. I mean, I don't know. I haven't I I mean, researched I, into the details on that. <laughs> right. I think I think it was only like a few cases, but even just a few cases alone yeah. is enough to, you know, it put it, a scare in parents. It put the show on hiatus could. for four months. Yeah. And we never saw Porygon in the show ever again. <laughs> like, I think at all in any really? kind of not, feature. Not just that episode, but the Pokemon in general. Like, no, in its he's entirety. poison. He's poison to Pokemon Dang. the show. Yeah. That's I mean, incredible. maybe he'll come back in that new anime they got on. But as far as that... <laughs> But the reverberations of that are still being felt today. Yeah, so, why so? How, how, how's that connected to Ava? Ex- Doug, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. So after End of Ava was completed, of course, um, Hideki, Hideaki Anno, the writer and director, uh, uh, series, com- I don't know exactly what you put him, series showrunner of Ava. Father. Father Master of Ava, yeah. <laughs> He was kind of, Four he was count. working on a series called His and Her Circumstances, which was Gainax's first ever anime adaptation of another source. It was a manga. And he was directing that. But he became disillusioned with the whole process because TV Tokyo's rules around anime became so strict of what you could and could not do because of Computer Warrior Borygon. And for the most part, that was what made Hideaki Anno put anime behind him. And he stopped doing TV anime. Oh, wow. And so he did three live action films. During which he started to have ideas of what he wanted to do with Ava next. But he kept doing these movies. He did, I think, probably most famously of his live action movies before he started doing like Shin Godzilla, of course. He did a TV or a a live action movie version of an anime called Cutie Honey. And then he also was involved in in, an OVA for it as well. Or Randy would call them OVAs. That's what I do. I I'm not going to make any excuses or apologies. Uh, that's what I I think it's a nice way to say it. I know that's already another word for something else, but oh well. So he was tired with the OVAs and he wanted to get back to Ovangelion. So he left <laughs> nice. Gainax because he felt like his what he wanted to do with Ava could not be done at Gainax. So he goes off and he forms Studio Kara, which begins... Ca- uh, like recruiting people in August of 2006. And in December 2006, issue of New Type magazine, which would have come out in November, which means that whenever his statements were made, probably around that same time he was starting Kara right up, he said that he was happy to recreate Ava as, quote, he wanted it to be. Ooh. Now, Meaning like the, how, how the TV series he created it, he, he even then had some like uh, restraints? There, so last time we talked about the budgetary restraints at the end of Ava, and that's not really the complete story. Mm-hmm. Ava was a huge money-making, like, golden goose for for Gainax. Now, Gainax was doing a lot of shady stuff as well, and there's a lot going on. So it was more so, like, pressure on the animators and everything that they were doing. So I'm sure at some level, budget was somewhere involved, but it's not, like, budget killed Ava. It was many no, no, factors yeah. that came together at the and end maybe of Maybe his, his vision, like, his vision, like, he got to think about it more yeah thinking about it more and Anno is heavily inspired by gundam who would have thought right <laughs> he makes a show <laughs> big mechs yeah and gundam has like 40 different shows <laughs> or something exaggerated like that and that's what Anno wanted to take ava to the next level like that he wanted to i saw on wikipedia someone quoted wrote it as gundamizing ava he wanted because oh, wasn't he wa- it 
Reconquista, which was uh, kind of a retelling uh, of sorts of original Gundam. Or is it, uh, I'm trying to remember which thing he specifically called out of like going back, redoing a thing that you've done before, but with new techniques, maybe some more, you know, kind of like a second draft of things. Yeah. And then there was also a rebuild, if you will, the versatility of Gundam, because you could have serious political dramas. And then you could have G Gundam, you know, so two very different things that you could have. And Ava was very much a widely popular in Japan. Some might say it's like the minions of Japan, uh-huh. but it's still a very dark, very niche story. And he wanted to take that and bring it back to the teens and tweens and make a much more widely accessible product than the show oh. necessarily would have been. Something that and could he be- probably really wanted Ray Ayanami to be slinging some Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. That's how the idea of the rebuild started. Because I would argue, as we're going to go, no future spoilers, they're going to get a lot more confusing <laughs> than the series ever was. <laughs> so um, the first movie, Ava 1.11, formerly known as Ava 1.0 and then 1.01, but the cut that's widely available today is 1.11. What, what, what is with watching. the 0.11? Is that like theatrical release and then... 1.0 was the that? original theatrical release. 1.01 uh-huh. was the DVD or original DVD Blu-ray release. Uh-huh. Right. I don't know the extent of things. Basically, the big thing that I read about was that there was a lot of lighting changes. Like some scenes were way too dark. So they're like, we're going to lighten that up from the theatrical release to the home release. There might have been some animation touch-ups. Oh, there was a misspelling, like the word emergency on a screen. It was like emergency. So it's like, all right, fix that. And then 1.11 just kind of took that another step further. But like, is Ava the only one that does that kind of thing where they include like 1.11 in their titles? Or is that a common thing in Japan? I I think it's an uncommon thing but a lot of times things will have revisions from their original release but they're not gonna bring it up and make it a marketing right. thing I but suppose. i've only seen but this with like ava so it feels like an ava thing and it's kind of appropriate with all like the i don't know robots i don't know patch notes <laughs> on an anime yeah <laughs> basically this this series of movies got away from ano and the team at Kara, both um i think metaphorically and quite literally <laughs> so this first one was written by ano directed by uh, Kazuya Tsurumaki and uh, a frequent collaborator and friend Masayuki uh, and Ano is also listed as the chief director so he was really involved in every step of the way but he had these two directors under him kind of running the show and of course he had final say in anything and a lot of this movie is shot for shot recreations of the yeah. series I was gonna say why would you need <laughs> that many directors or you already had the script you're just kind of changing a few things well, you are. This is a very different product than that show was. A lot of that comes into visualizing how it's going to end up in the editing process as well. You do have yeah. to work with people to tighten up this screenplay of six episodes to come down to a 90-minute yeah. feature. That and of course, I'm saying turns. that just from a perspective of someone who's never animated before in my life. So right. It's very like, right. why they need all that? They didn't do that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a lot more to it than it would seem. But the original vision of how these movies were going to release, Randy, you want to you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So he was in talks of doing this. You had brought up these remarks and things were made in 2006. And the original film, 1.11, was scheduled to come out fall 2007. Uh, well, actually, summer 2007 got pushed back into September. So fall, summer, late, whatever, uh, 2007. Uh, the next movie was supposed to come out uh, I think either winter or spring of 2008. And then 
uh, the last two, three and four, were supposed to be a double feature that summer, 2008. And um, Ken, what what years did what? these four movies actually come out? Nothing uh, near that. Uh, I do believe the first one came out in 2007. The second one came out in 2009. The third <laughs> one came out in 2012. And then, of course, the fourth one came out in 2021 in Japan. I don't think it made it to us until 2022. August 2021. No, oh, okay. it was August 2021. But a huge gap. What the hell happened? Well, uh, there was a thing called COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> but before that. But before no, that. In the 12 years that, prior. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that was... when we get to that movie of what exactly mm-hmm. happened. But yeah, you think there is almost as long of a gap between th- the third and fourth movies as there was between End of Ava and 1.11. <laughs> wow. So just to give you an idea of the That's tortured wild. path of these movies. So let's get into the movie itself, right? Uh, let's do it. Please. Okay. One episodes one through six of Ava. All right. There we're done. No, I'm kidding. Cool. That was a great podcast. <laughs> I told you that's all it is. <laughs> so the movie opens up, and what is the very first shot of this movie, Doug? I forget. It's the Red Sea of the waves oh, lapping yeah, at it. Like from the end of Ava. When, and the yep, water's exactly. red. Yeah. That did throw me off. I'm like, was this? This seems different. Yeah, and I think that's a message from Anno saying from the very beginning, this is something different. Mm-hmm. It's the same, but with a twist. Wow. So Sakiel, who is now the fourth angel, he was the third in the original, attacks Japan as Misato Katsuragi is on her way to pick up Shinji Ikari, who you might know from a series called Neon Genesis Evangelion. So oh, that's right. He might seem familiar to you. Who's been called for by his father, Gendo. And then they're attacked in... N2 mine, which is just like a, like I don't a know nuke. if it's like nuclear, no, but I don't think so, because Isn't there it, would be fallout. The, and, yeah, it's the strength of a nuclear weapon without any of the radiation and harmful effects like uh, that. Yeah, so an N2 mine is launched with the intent to kill Sakul, but it ends up just kind of like halting his assault temporarily. And it gives Misato time to get Shinji back to nerve. Where he's right. instructed to pilot the Evangelion Unit One and fight Sakul, because the N two mines didn't work. What right, responsibility and so, to just throw on a kid. So now Nerve has been given permission to unleash Evangelion Unit One. Right for really the first for the first time since they've been testing these units to actually be used in combat. So, so you said this angel is publicly the fourth now, as opposed to the third. What it does is that the mean? fourth? Hmm. Yeah. So. We're going to get into that. It's a, that, it's another thing. I feel like that, a lot of our questions are going to be like, we're going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're reviewing GT, right, we're not really worried about future spoilers. The way we do yeah. that review is that you're, you're rewatching it with us or with a lot of knowledge of what's going on in that series. With these series that we're going to, with these movies that we're going to do, we're going to try to stay as spoiler free as we can for future spoilers, mm-hmm. which is going to really complicate stuff like talking about why Sakiel is now the fourth angel. Uh-huh. But they do address that in a future movie. Okay. So, and we will get. So I'm supposed to be confused. You're supposed you're to yes. be confused. Yeah. You're supposed cool. to be. Cool. I mean, first of all, you're going into this Mission movie. accomplished. I would say the average Ava fan goes into this movie and they probably notice the red water, but they don't pick up that Sakul's number has been changed. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a little bit more minutiae, but his number has mm-hmm. been changed. And we'll, we may not be able to ever answer why, but we can tell you what happened. Well, and why that's okay. different, I guess. Are you, are you able to tell me? what the first and second angels were in this movie um we're well, told like, one uh-huh which yeah. is lilith 
the set which is the second angel uh-huh. we're not told anything about the first gotcha, and gotcha. the third one shows up later but gotcha. if, if you are going on knowledge from the original series adam That's is I mean, the first yeah. Yeah. yeah lilith is the second sacul oh, was so the third they're all the same angels or or like adam and lilith are special well they're Very from, from, the, from the from the tv series <laughs> yeah they're from the first ancestral race okay and then but they're still just considered angels Yes, everything, even the humans are angels at the very end. They're the final angels that have to be fought. Anything that is, it goes, let me simplify it real quickly for you, Doug. Adam, Lilith, a long string of creatures born from Adam, Uh and then humans born from Lilith. Because the angels are not given these numbers by themselves, they're given to them by humans who are only given numbers by when they show up. So you were yeah, the first okay. one that we saw, you're number one. You're the second one we saw, you're number two. Gotcha. So oh, it's okay. not a rank or anything like that. It's just by who showed up first. But okay. humans are the final angel when the Japan Special Defense Force strikes nerve. They gotcha. strategic self-defense the force. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shield. <laughs> so after realizing that an injured Ray Ayanami will have to pilot Unit 1 if he refuses... He Shinji agrees to pilot the Ava, which includes our first, I think, big change from the original TV series in that we don't have Sakiel shooting off an explosion, rattling nerve where then the lights start to fall down and unit one activates on its own to stop it from coming down. Instead, it rumbles. Ray tips over and Shinji goes to help her on his own and then decides that's enough for him to decide to do it. And there's no mystery. It's still just a robot just sitting there not doing anything. Oh, I didn't really. Yeah, you're right. That's cool. They or not they, cool. I I missed the. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're tipping their hand on some things, and they don't want to. Every every change is, I think, incredibly intentional of where they're going to end up for later. Right. So we got to just go with the ride for this point. Mm-hmm. So during this battle, Shinji's been launched, and he's fighting in Unit One. Unit One is critically injured and goes berserk, tearing apart Sakyo's AT field. Before it can be defeated, Sakyo wraps itself around Unit One and explodes. This, I think, is the first mm-hmm. big change. Yeah. Uh, in the because the OG one, it just cuts right before it goes berserk, right? Right. Now, it's cut between two episodes and used as a flashback, but it's the end of the fight that differs in that in the original TV series, Sakio blows up, Unit 1 emerges from the flames, and its helmet casing falls off, and Shinji turns and looks and sees in a reflection from a building that there's some sort of organic head there yeah. that regrows its eye. And here, that's not... Uh, a thing that happens. Not present. Now, Doug, have you read the manga? No. Barely know that it exists. So the <laughs> manga does not do the hard cut that the TV series did. Oh. That is exclusive to the TV series. And the manga came after the TV series. And so like, and these rebuild movies are kind of going the, with that. The early manga was coinciding with the TV series. And no then shit, the TV really? series outpaced it quickly. It written because by the manga or... or- no, it was by Yoshiyuki Satomoto, who was the character designer for the TV <clears throat> anime series. So he handled both the writing and the art for the manga. It was happening concurrently with the TV series. The TV series ended in 96. The manga went on and didn't finish until 2012, uh-huh. um, which was after, you know, three of the rebuild movies had already come out. But it was still continuing the story of the original Thing, Wait, so doing its own stuff. How how is it doing its own? What? So how, Doug, how, a good way two different a, writers. A good way to think about this is uh-huh. Ano and Sadamoto got together. They ordered a pizza and they planned out Ava together. Okay. And then Ano said, "Hey, I'm going to go make a TV series." And Sadamoto said, "Hey, I'm going to go make a manga." 
Okay. And that's what uh, happened. Okay, that makes okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, so they're both like actually I don't know Sadamoto's gender. So I'm going to say they're two dads they're who both dads. created <laughs> Ava together. Yeah. So, does that did that clears it up? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I was like how are they ending up with the same results or different? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I I think it makes sense that the TV series does it that way given the time constraints of a 22 minute episode of anime. Yeah. And giving it like a really exciting ending to end something on. I really love then, that. Pr- I prefer that actually. Yeah. But for purposes of a movie, it makes more sense to just do things chronologically just, as you go through. Yeah. yeah. I think especially being pretty early on in the movie, it would be too much to suddenly go back to a flashback. And it's, there mm-hmm. are flashbacks in this movie that happen later, but we don't do that just yet. You really get the differences of like the medium of TV versus movie yes. in these and differences. Doug, it's great. That's a brilliant way to talk about how this movie is handled, I think, is that very much with the medium in mind. Yep. Yeah. Even coming down to the score itself, uh, we have the names escaping me, (laughs) Randy. Uh, Shiro Sagisu. Sagisu, who also did Bleach, by the way, if you didn't know that. But Sagisu was brought back as composer. Um, He did the music for the series. And Ano consulted with him and said, I want the music to sound deeper. So if you listen like more more levels to it. So if you uh-huh. listen to the soundtrack of 1.0 and then the soundtrack of the original series, even just the dun 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 dun, dun the angel theme, yeah. angel attack song is totally different. Wow. And it just sounds okay. like it has so much more going on in the movie version because it was being created for a different medium. Ah, okay, awesome. So, uh so Shinji awakens in the hospital and is a designated third child. And we don't they don't really go into clarifying who the first is at this point. We do get to it later in the movie. They say that it's Ray, the first one picked from the Marduk report or mm-hmm. something, but they don't get into who the second is yet. They do, I think, in this movie, reference Oscar very in Germany. in Germany. Yeah. Yes. But oh, they, yeah, yeah. They aren't, they aren't talking about that. And when I say f- no future spoilers, obviously Asuka's going to come. So <laughs> yeah, we, when we say no future spoilers, we're assuming you have seen past the spoilers series, <laughs> so we, we can go forward yeah spoilers yeah. asuka is going to be coming up in a future movie uh-huh. <laughs> that's a girl so, named asuka misato invites shinji to live with him and at school he's beat up by toji and kensuke by association for the injury sustained by toji's little sister in the previous fight with sakul that's also a difference too right because we skipped the whole like introduction of these two schoolmates right. or just school in general and everyone finding out the kid i love that scene in the, in the tv series where all the kids find out that shinji is the pilot like they like message him on a on aim or whatever and they all freak out <laughs> yeah <laughs> so ahead of its time for a series set yeah. in 2015 yeah DMing right. shinji <laughs> in the middle of class <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah they do leave out a lot of the emotion that leads up to toji punching shinji in the yeah. face and it's just which it i just feel happens. like is fine for the movie yeah. medium, like like that, it makes sense. If that had cut something, then I understand that. So uh, all is not well. Peace does not last very long. And Shamshell again, none of the angels have names in the movie continuity, so we're just relying on the names that they had in the TV series up to oh. a point. That we're going to hit a point where they stop. <laughs> I didn't know they had names in the TV they, series. Yeah. <laughs> they all have. Um, is it Hebrew names? I can't exactly recall. It's just biblical. Because of the biblical references this show has? Okay. Right. Right. And I believe it's episode 13 when they're doing the recap, which, Doug, you'll get there very soon. Uh Um, Half of the the episode is done as a recap, and it's like, you know, white text on a black background. It'll be like, you know, third angel, Sakial attacks. Unit one launched. I think I always skip that episode, assuming it was just like a recap, like a 
Well, be careful this time because the second half of the episode is all new. So don't skip okay. that. Okay. <laughs> and they do occasionally refer to the angels by name in the TV series. But when do not- they come up with the name as they show up? Or I mean, they have to, right? Because they don't expect them. They're all well, in the think... Dead Sea Scrolls, I think. <laughs> oh, the right. dead fucking Sea That's the thing that always confuses the <laughs> crap out of me. Yeah, those fucking Dead Sea Scrolls. So they okay. knew which angels were going to attack in which order. Of course, they couldn't plan for everything, every contingency, but yeah. I need a and I don't podcast think... on that dang thing. <laughs> and I don't think Nerf was ever informed of this information. It's kind of like, oh, well, you guys will figure it out. Yeah, you guys will figure out how to beat this virus that's attacking you. <laughs> deal with it so Shamshel, now the fifth angel strikes and toji and kensuke are caught up in the action they accompany shinji inside unit one's plug during the battle and witness his struggle against the angel shinji disobeys an order for misato to retreat and successfully destroys Shamshel. just a they, great thing they were i think almost killed uh in the movie as opposed to the tv series like i think shinji's the unit one's hands were in between the kids as opposed to in the TV series, I don't think they were they were close, but they weren't that close to they were one in being. between his fingers. No, I don't think so. I, I, I could be mistaken, but I I felt like there's a lot more danger in this movie than there was for them in that one. I mean, we get to see unit one by. flipping through the air rather than just one unanimated frame of just a silhouette <laughs> coming at them, which yeah. is a bit more terrifying. Yeah, and so that's another thing talking about just the look of this movie in general is that it's all 3D for the most part. Not all of the it. fights, yeah, for the most part. And it looks now, great. There was um, the animator who, well, obviously, there was a lot of animators for this movie, um, but I, I can't remember his name or what exactly um, his role was. But basically, the guy in charge of a bunch of this stuff talked about um, when making this first movie that he was interested in, you know, getting to see what using 3D CG was like for a film like this, and it was something he was kind of experimenting with. Um, so there are a lot of 2D shots for uh the angel fights and some 3d stuff and i think he gets much more comfortable as movies go on where i think it's eventually mostly all cg is what all of the ava and angel you fights mean in the, are in the 15 years that it takes to finish the movies yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and you may also notice that unit one's design is a little different doug did you pick up on that no so unit one um in addition to being more saturated colors now has like a the glowing green Across his ribs. Really? Which I like a lot because with people in Superman, right? They don't like Superman having the red underpants that he's wearing, but you really have to have that because it breaks up all the blue. Mm-hmm. So nothing against Unit 1's original design, but I think having that green stripe going across her abdomen breaks mm-hmm. up all the purple. And also the inspiration for this was stuff like in Ultraman, which Anno is a huge Ultraman fan, and I did an Ultraman movie where it's dark. I don't know if you directed or produced it, but it's part of the Shin series of, of things uh, where there'd be big fights at night in, in the darkness, and to have Unit 1 show up better, Unit 1 will now have glowing green bits to, to look. And it especially helps towards the end of this movie where uh, Unit 1 really stands out, I think. Mm-hmm. Are you pulling it up, Doug, to see? Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do like that a lot more. Yeah. Unit Zero is also different. Unit Zero is now blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, well, in the TV series, it started out yellow, gets melted, and then repainted to be blue. But in Uh, this one, I think in the flashback. Oh, you're right, right. It is yellow top up. The bottom is now white rather than being all yellow. But 
Uh, so there's still just a, there's a, there's a little bit of yellow yeah. and it's uh and it's designed for a oh, little bit. I had that mixed around and I had it mixed around when I was watching the movie too. <laughs> so thank you for correcting <laughs> me on that. No I always forget which unit zero is from which version. But that's just that's my cross to bear, I think. So after being reprimanded for disobeying direct orders, Shinji runs away, but is shortly retrieved by nerve operatives. I think this is probably the worst change in the movie. It felt different, but I couldn't put my finger on it. What was different about it? You spend a lot more time with Shinji on the lamb. And yeah. he's like, he goes in the movie theater and he sees the the couple. Called making out. I, I, th- I well, thought it was insinuated to be a little more than that. They were starting, like, they're making out and going deeper. And he's like disgusted by it. And it kind of reverberates stuff with Misato and Endeveva as well. But uh, and then he goes out in the wilderness and finds Kensuke out there <laughs> randomly and they bond. Oh, yeah. And then everything goes on. And then I think he's with Kensuke and that's when the nerve agents come in. But in this one, he just kind of aimlessly wanders around, sees the destruction, and then is like, ah, all right, I'll go that's home. That's the thing that's about enough. this movie is the movie medium is that everything, the pacing just feels too quick. Everything is just... Just boom, boom, boom. There's no time to breathe for any any sentence at all. Like the sense of ur- it's weird because the sense of urgency when like a, a angel attacks feels less urgent because of how quick things are happening. Does that make sense? It does. I was talking to some other people after I watched this because I couldn't talk to you guys and and waste it for the show. So I was talking to some <laughs> right. other people, and um, one of the people I was talking to said that this movie misses a lot of the emotion from the show. Like yeah, yeah it goes beat for beat the plot that happens, but the emotion is all left out of it because they have to mm-hmm. go so fast and there's no yeah. time to just sit with it. Like I wasn't feeling a lot of the same things I was feeling while watching the TV series and just connecting with the characters or empathizing with them. It's just, yeah, it's just like, okay, on to, on to the next thing. No yeah. time there's for not Doug's enough- slow brain to catch on to these things and then <laughs> move on. There's yeah. not enough time for Shinji to spend with Toji and Kensuke, which is a detriment. Same thing yeah. with a lot of, you know, time with Masato at the apartment. Again, I think a detriment, but I think that it might be trying to make up for that by hoping that you're familiar enough with the TV series that you can kind of cobble together. Okay, well, that happened. So then this is where their relationship yeah. goes. Or It's also my curse of like just have. having watched the TV series back to back with this movie that I can see that difference. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with everything, but I also still think this movie is a great first thing to show someone to get them into Ava. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, at the end of this movie, they are going to show you Lilith and not lie about who it is. And yes, you are going to see Kawaru on the moon. And but you're still that's just like a taste of the intrigue that Ava has. And I still Mm -hmm. think like, hey, if you show someone 1.11, be like, if you like this, then go back to the series. Watch that. Don't go to 2.22 right away, but watch the series. But okay. I think 1.11 is probably a perfect thing to show someone who is interested but doesn't want to dedicate to an anime. Like, they yeah. want to get their toes wet, but I think this is a better way to do to it. see how than, they feel it out and like, yeah. oh, is this for me kind of deal. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and I think this is a, a brilliant way to do that. So I, I really like this movie and this retelling, I think. And I feel like I like it more every time I watch it. Really? Yeah. It had been a while for me. But I suppose would we be going over overall feelings about it towards the end of this whole? We can thing? we yeah. can sprinkle yeah. it in. It's all good. We'll sprinkle it <laughs> sure. in. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So Shinji, Toji, and Kensuke bond at school, though, <laughs> very quickly. It's really very just quickly. the scene where they're looking at the girls, 
Um, Shinji. Oh, yeah, that's and- even that's out of order too, right? Because Shinji at, at that point in the TV series is looking is like constantly obsessed with Ray, but not because like she's a cute girl, but it's like my father gave her attention, and they both seem to be smiling at each other, right? Well, there's that. It's all and he in also the same her. order as the saw her in the very first episode when he gets off the phone and he hangs uh-huh. it up and he looks over, he sees Ray yeah. standing there. That wasn't in the TV series. It, it was. was. Oh, okay. I mean, that- it's all the same. Well, all, all the mystery, but no, all, all these things happen. Like them, him at school looking at her and then having the, the card that he's meant to give her. Yeah. Um, it all happens after Gendo and Ray, like he sees them both talking and smiling to each other. But it's instead, all in the same that, order. That scene, that scene is now afterwards. I remember oh. all these points happening in episode five. Episode right. five was the first episode of Ava I ever saw, so it's but, very much emblazoned. If, if you're in Shinji my brain. and you see them smiling, you're like, you're like, why, why is my dad having this? relationship with yeah. this girl that that he doesn't have with me and that's when he's obsessing over ray like like look thinking about her looking at her at during school but instead that get that gendo scene happens at the end of of those scenes which kind of you guys didn't didn't catch up on I that catch that but i i do know it's all so. this is all being orchestrated by gendo gendo yeah, wants that's something shinji and ray to grow closer yeah that's weird which of course leads to a very awkward interaction at ray's apartment <laughs> Yeah, that we can just kind of gloss over. Um, but it's where yeah. it's where Shinji finds uh, Gendo's old glasses that Ray has been keeping from that incident. Yeah, at the, uh, <laughs> the and then the, the classic party. like, "Whoa, I'm falling! I'm gonna fall on you!" The Love Hina yeah. <laughs> trope. I've never seen Love Hina. Is it any good? It's uh, I I like it a lot. Probably was better back in the day, but yes. I don't think has don't think <laughs> aged super well. So like Tenchi, no. okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, I mean, 90s harem anime, man. That's I, just what's going to happen. I was thinking about Tenchi the other day, and just as a, as as a quick, quick tangent, I was thinking if you had tried to get me to watch Tenchi today, I would tell you you're a freak and that <laughs> you should turn yourself into some sort of authority. And why would you ever watch something like this? And I think it's only because we were like force-fed, exposed through Toonami that I have such yep. a fondness for it. Because if you think about what Tenshi's really about, hey, it's kind of gross. Just a bit. So, yeah. <laughs> On numerous levels. Welcome to We Got a Podcast. We're reviewing the Tenshi Muyo OVAs. And uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Anyways. Well, what's so, gross about it? It's just the horror anime aspect, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's kind of... Okay. It gets grosser, Large, Doug, than it you think. <laughs> There's Large age lore. gaps. Yeah. Ryo, Ryoko uh, is 700 years old, and he is yeah. 15. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and children Aika. are had <laughs> as oh you God. go further into the lore. <laughs> Ramiel, the sixth angel, appears and begins drilling into the geofront. Unit 1 is deployed, but it and Shinji suffer great injuries and are withdrawn. Shinji awakens from a brief coma, because they have to do, like, reconstructive surgery on his body because man god Uh, granted he's unconscious you know from this when they bring him to the hospital but like if i was conscious i would not feel like i'm going to be okay when they're like all right here's what's going to happen we're going to put you in this bed and we're going to put this bed in a black box (laughs) and then close it over you like this seems like a coffin i don't feel great being put in a coffin guys Shinji awakens from a brief coma to find out that he will be sent out yet again to fight, but he refuses. And we're heading towards the next big difference in this movie. After Shinji expresses that he believes he is the only one in danger during an angel fight, Misato takes Shinji down to Central Dogma and reveals Lilith, the progenitor of all life on Earth. He learns that if the angels obtain Lilith, third impact will occur and destroy all life on Earth. Shinji agrees to pilot Unit 1 yet again. 
I like I ha- this difference. Misato knows it's- way too much at this point in the series. Right. She doesn't learn much more. She doesn't learn about the angel being held until episode 15. And even oh, then really? she's told it's Adam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's after her promotion from the Operation Yashima uh, stuff. But in, in in this one, she she specifically says that everyone here at Nerve knows about this contingency. Like if a uh, angel comes down here, the whole building will self destruct or whatever. Right. They may not There's, know the details of why, but yeah, I guess so. But yeah. yeah, I had a thought, and maybe it's because maybe I just didn't catch it because of the pace of this film. But her bringing up like third impact will happen, and I thought, have they really gone over? anything about second impact at all in this film before bringing that up so like you know ava as a thing likes to drop things here and there to have you have the audience asking like "Ooh, what's that what does that mean how does that connect so it's kind of like if this is your first time what does that mean what were the first two yeah but why am i hearing all these cicadas (laughs) (laughs) true operation yashima goes underway and shinji in unit one operates a giant positron rifle to snipe at ramiel and this is the part where a song, a track called Angel of Doom, which is new for this movie, is played. Uh, and it's just one of the finest pieces of music in Ava, I think. Yeah. It's pretty good. It was yeah. really good. It, so. it made the scene, they really tried to make the scene a lot more impactful, I guess, because it was going to be the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Then they did much, the more climactic. Much, yeah. more, much more climactic. Much more climactic. Like, but, like, uh, like Misato's talking to Gendo, like, have faith in your son. Like, it's very melodramatic. And it stands out particularly because it's not just a redo of previous tracks, whereas oh, yeah. the rest of this movie has been, for the most part, mm-hmm. I think. Everything's angel attack. You you know these comfortable Ava themes yeah. that are all mm-hmm. played Then with the apartment. And then you get one. to this one and you're like, oh, I don't know that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, these like little things that are being dropped in that are different as you go through this retelling of the series. Mm-hmm. The first shot is ineffective and Ramiel retaliates, but thanks to Ray in Unit Zero, Shinji is able to fire a second shot that wipes out the angel. Shinji rescues Ray from her entry plug in a manner which mirrors Gendo saving her from a previous test gone awry. And I, I we kind of, I glossed over that before, but yeah, that's, we flash back when Shinji is seeing, or it's, I don't remember exactly when it flashes back to that, but that it's, it flashes back before. Before Shinji even finds hit the glasses in Ray's room. Okay, so we we as the audience would have known what those were then. Right. Mm-hmm. So the camera pans up to the moon. To the moon, baby. So, but you, you know, say, hold on, before we before we get there, you say all this as if it happened similarly to the TV series. It didn't happen. I guess the end result does. Yeah. But you're missing like specific parts where like the angel also shoots a beam at the first shot to then. Yeah, make it go maybe. wonky and, and make yeah. it miss. But instead, in this one, the shot, Shinji's shot actually connects, but I guess doesn't connect with the core of it, so it doesn't kill it. And then it retaliates. Like, like that threw me off. Core. Yeah. Yeah, that, that threw me off as like someone who was expecting, you know, it, it to miss. Or I'm like, oh, did I miss the first shot? Is this the second shot? Because he, he connected. Nope, nope. It just, the angel is just stronger. It's all there to subvert your expectations for yeah. sure. I. <laughs> It's the very tiniest thing. Weirdly, I really like the weird screamy noises that Romeo yes, makes when yeah. it's firing the yeah. lasers. Yeah. <laughs> like, and of course, all of the crazy geometric patterns that it's getting into. Yeah. And then gets more and more bonkers as it's kind of like trying to output more energy to, to take down these <laughs> Evangelians. Really flexing that 3D uh, skills. That oh, yeah. 
I always love to give the play-by-play of when my wife happens to be in the room <laughs> when these things. And yeah, when Ramiel screams, she looked up from, from her phone like, what the heck? What's going on here? Yeah, it's so blood-curdling. I love it. Mm-hmm. One thing I missed from uh, this sequence was when when Misato goes to get the, 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 the rifle or whatever it is, the gun. Oh, um, yeah. Ray, she's like, okay, Ray. Pick it up, and Lifts. so Ray op- in Unit Zero opens up the roof and then grabs the freaking gun. <laughs> None of that in this movie, but whatever. Yeah, I miss that. I also miss the giant text whenever because Episode Six, which is the whole Operation uh, Yashima part, you know, I feel is very iconic. With like it's big, bold, white text for everything. Whenever they're like, we go to this location, or like now we're picking this thing up. Yeah, and I, you know, granted. Oh. It kind of yeah. kind of works in a TV show because each episode is kind of its own thing. So it's like, okay, that's the visual storytelling that episode six is doing. Yeah. And in a movie, it's kind of like, well, we've got to have everything feel very similar one and, and flow one through. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing that also I missed in the TV series that this, the movie, it just goes too fast or something like that. But it's like, um, as soon as they're, as soon as Masato and Nerva are all organizing this plan, it's very like, you see the professionalism in Masato being able to like, okay, you do this. Tell me, tell me how far we need to be to, be, to attack this thing. Do this, do that, do that. It it just gives you a sense of such. Uh, every, everyone, everyone is everyone is in. Everyone is it has their job and they're doing it. And then it cuts to Shinji being a little bratty fourteen year old kid, and it it really gives you that sense of uneasiness. Like it's just a fucking kid that everything is relying on. All these professionalisms have everything ready, but now it's all on this kid. You don't get that kind of feeling in the movie, I feel. Yeah, Shinji doesn't struggle as much here. And it's like Misato says to Gendo, like, believe in your son. You know, this yeah. is kind of also telling us this is a different Shinji. Mm-hmm. Ooh, This is a Shinji who's going to make different choices as we go along. And that this Misato, I think, is a bit less of a mess. Um, yeah. You know, because we only have that one time where she's, you know, having a beer with the, with Shinji uh, yeah. and everything. Instead of seeing, a lot seeing of... the daily occurrence of it happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we've panned up to the moon, and now we're on the moon, and there are several coffin-like boxes and a long blood-stained streak. Kaoru Nagisa enters out of the fifth box and has a oh discussion God. with Sele-01, who in the series is... was Kiel Lorenz. Yes. Who Kiel was Lorenz? the cyborg. Cyborg? We only know he's a cyborg because of End of Eva. When he, <laughs> when he tangs out, Doug, you see uh-huh. like his robo- spine left behind the whole stuff. the whole Kaoru and seal thing is i don't understand anything about them who we will we'll get into that but in a i second. guess we'll have so, to get into that yeah Kaoru says the third is still the same and mentions looking forward to meeting shinji by name there is a giant behind Kaoru with a mask like lilith's but from the tv series and then beautiful world by utada hikaru starts playing what you forget Another thing that Karu says is that he will bring him happiness, yes. like the third. So it's like, okay, interesting. Wow. I wonder what this all insinuates. So let's talk about, we've been talking about the differences between the original series and this movie mm-hmm. a little bit. So we talked about how the oceans are red. We did not talk about the giant outline of a humanoid creature on a hillside in the early part of the movie. What? In, in the opening shots that are kind of showing Tokyo 3, As there's a shot of a... Yes. There's a hill with a bunch of skyscrapers that have kind of been tipped over. And there is, you know, the white chalk outline that you do when you're a detective, like, oh, we found the body here. You know, obviously we moved the body, but we got to have that. So there's one of those and it's ginormous on a hill. Already on the hill? Right. And the hill is red. 
which I didn't pick up before, but I was like, oh, okay, interesting here. What? So saying that this is like the events of the TV series already happened. We'll get into that. There are a lot of oh my clues God, in what? this movie. Yeah. So Nerve's logo is different. It's a uh, it twice. Is. It's t- different twice over. So mm-hmm. the first one that we see is totally brand new where the Nerve logo is like in a box. You can kind of make out the the leaf, but then it's an upside down apple, which I never even knew it was supposed to be an upside down apple until oh yeah, I started looking into this. I just thought it was some weird shape or something like, or like the <laughs> leaf that turns you into Tanuki Mario or something. So <laughs> I never knew what that was supposed to be. And then the one that looks like the more traditional Nerve logo from the TV series, the V is slanted now, and then the gods in his heaven, all's right with the world, is yeah. like rotated around a little bit. So implying that. Maybe they're using a new logo, but the old logo is still some places. But I don't. It doesn't really mean anything. Just another difference that we go along. Takes time to do the one with like the nerve, and then the leaf is like a marijuana. Is that just a fan art? (laughs) Probably. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we talked about the reordering of events when Unit One goes berserk. Lilith is introduced quite early on, but we didn't talk about this. Her mask is different. Yeah, you didn't bring that up till the very end. What her mask looks much more like Sakuel's mask now. Sakio. Oh, like the fourth the, angel. The, the fourth angel? The first angel. Or the, we see, the, 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 yeah. the TV series is third? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. The first angel introduced for the, the audience. Yeah. You give but, me tingles. So when I'm saying that the mask on the giant behind Cower on the Moon had a mask that looked like the mask Lilith had in the TV series. Whoa. Which had this with the seven eyes on it and then the like upside down mm-hmm. triangle and like the moon crater texture to it. We so we see Kaoru awaken. Um we we're just introduced to Kaoru way too early versus the show, you know. So we don't see him till episode twenty four of the series. Oh my and god, really? Here, he, mm-hmm. yeah, here he is at the very end of the first movie. Dang. And we're on the moon. This boy ain't wearing a spacesuit. Yeah, he's not wearing anything, but he's able to breathe and speak in yeah. space without any atmosphere. So we're right away introduced to the fact that he is otherworldly. And I think that's because, Doug, I think we're supposed to know who Cower is. So yeah. when this movie first came out, the theory, the, there were a lot of theories about what was going on, but the first and most prevailing theory, and I would say this is the most prevailing theories all the way through, is that we're in some sort of time loop. Okay. And that Kaoru opening that. up out of that fifth box might imply that this is the fifth time he's been doing this. He's been around a few times. Oh, those aren't just the previous angels. Those are probably his other incarnations. Past or awakenings or something. The red wow. the red blood streak on the moon from when Lilith's neck splits open in End of Ava and sprays across the moon. Yeah, right. Oh, uh-huh. shit. There is a theory that I've started to subscribe to. All right. Which is not where that blood streak is from. Does it involve future spoilers? In that, yes. <laughs> so basically, which we can get to maybe in the second movie probably would be a good spot to do it but (laughs) oh my god Um, so there's a lot of people thinking that was like is there a time loop was the tv series the first one how we keep going through this kaoru seems to have some familiarity already with shinji and which decision shinji has made or might make Mm -hmm. he calls shinji by name yeah and he says this time i'm gonna make you happy implying that this again has been done before yeah, uh, I mean, now, and now us as the audience know that that thing is Lilith down there that Nerve has, as opposed right. to 
Correct. Them tricking us into thinking it's Adam. Right. Mm-hmm. Keeping future spoilers in the yeah, future, yeah, yeah. a lot of people thought the red water had to do with the way End of Ava leaves off. Because obviously in Ava, the TV series, the water's blue. And at the end of End of Ava, the water's red. <laughs> so going into this, people thought that had something to do with it. So there was just so many right off the bat. There were so many clues that this mm-hmm. could sprinkled be in. sprinkled in. Well, yeah, sprinkled in. And then a heavy like dump right at the end that yeah. this is some sort of time loop situation. So it's so funny. To like, th- what the fuck? It's funny to think about Anno wanting to like rebuild this, rebuild Ava for a new audience. But then he goes in and says like, now this is for the OGs <laughs> right at the end of the movie. I love this that. scene's just for you guys. I yeah. mean, it's very clear. I think that this, these movies are a sequel, a continuation of critically acclaimed neon Genesis Evangelion campus apocalypse, a series where everybody is having fun in high school and then fighting ghosts with guns. I mean, that's very clearly, <laughs> this is a sequel to that. It's not a joke. It's a real manga. This oh, now yeah, definitely gives a... me like Final Fantasy seven remake vibes where it, it's all like you can play it as, as a newcomer. You can come in and enjoy it. And for the OGs, there's a lot of stuff sprinkled in there. Yeah. I think a lot of us who played <laughs> Final Fantasy remake got to a certain point in that game and went, Oh, this is, this is the this is rebuild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was before 3.0 plus 1.0 came out, which is fun to think. Oh. So we didn't even cool. really know anything one way or the other. And so who just, knows? Maybe we still don't. We'll find just, out in a future no, movie. Just Japan has good writers. That's <laughs> so we can <laughs> sum it down to. So for this movie, I've, you know, seen the TV show. Oops, bumped my mic real bad there. For this movie, um, I've seen the TV show many, many times. So coming into this, it's like, okay, we're retreading a lot of the stuff. And I think whenever I've gone back to watch these films, I usually skip this one because I'm like, yep, I know. It's the same thing. Lilith's there, though, and Kaoru's on the moon. I Watching this again, it's very fun to see kind of reanimated stuff that we've seen before. Sticking very close to the source material, there's even some shots where it's like, okay, they it's not so much like an exact tracing, but there are things like there were idiosyncrasies with this, with these frames that are kind of kept. Like I'm thinking when Sakula is attacking and one of the like planes falls down and Shinji is blocking himself from the explosion. Like his hands are drawn like super fat and chunky for (laughs) those (laughs) of the animator of 95 animated it. And here's the same thing, the same like stubby fingers. I'm like, okay, they wanted to keep this, but um, I feel like, because it's so shortened up and I miss a lot of the atmosphere and the emotional buildup of the TV series that I'm kind of like, I really don't enjoy this movie because it's lacking all of that stuff. Even though it's pretty, I don't yeah. feel like that's enough to make me really love it. It feels like Shinji runs away three times in this movie. And I'm just like, <laughs> none of them mean anything anymore. But And, and watching the TV series, each runaway felt like validated and important. So I think this is... This is going to sound mean, mm-hmm. but I think this is the worst of the rebuilds because mm-hmm. it's like, for the most part, just retelling it. But Randy, the way we talked about Death True 2 and End of Ava last one about Death True 2 being a tone piece for End mm-hmm. of Ava, I feel that this is that for the rebuilds. And I feel like personally, I would want to watch this in any rewatch of these movies because it's... Mm. It's a slightly different Shinji, especially at the end. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it helps me establish 
who that version of the character is going into the next one because it's Shinji is yeah. a different character in these rebuilds. Mm. To get those next two movie, three movies, we need this first one. Yeah. To be the way it is. And I think it's a fantastic jumping on point for people. I think, oh, yeah. To show someone this. Yeah. Like I said, it, it touches on a couple of spoilery things, but doesn't tell you them much about yeah. them. And you're still probably left just as confused as yeah. you would watching the TV series about them. You're going to go into the original series and they're going to show you Adam or they're going to show you Lilith, tell you it's Adam. And you're going to be like, wait, but I thought that was Lilith. And you're not going to be sure if what you you're looking that, at. you remember that, I sure would yeah. remember that. I, I didn't even notice the masks are different or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's great. You guys are kind of middling on it. But I'm, I'm, I'm just very like the, the pacing just kind of yeah. killed it for me after watching the TV series just after, just before. I think for what I it think, is. Yeah, go ahead. I think when it came out, I was so crazy hyped. Like there was a number of trailers that came up beforehand, you know, seeing something that I was familiar with and, you know, has that nineties anime look and seeing like, okay, they're kind of keeping that, but they're refreshing it. Yeah. That's really exciting. Um, basically I was just on the lookout for any little changes. I'm like, Oh, what did they change? Like, how did they update this? Uh, but now that it's kind of behind me, yeah, I'm, I suppose I'm just kind of like, eh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. required. It's not super. The cell phone thing. I I remember asking you guys off of the podcast about like, there's a scene in the TV series where Masato gives, not not just, you don't see her give it to him, but she mentions giving Shinji a cell phone. And I was Mm. curious before watching the movie, like how do they handle that now in this day and age when this movie is released to the general public? Cell phones are so prominent in the world. Everyone has one that it's not a special scene to have. They completely cut that out of this movie. The 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 like there's still the scene of Misato talking to uh what's her name R- the the blonde haired Re- Ritsuko. Ritsuko like that same but then cuts out that part of her mentioning giving Shinji a cell phone like specifically and I was like there it is I knew I knew they had to address it by not addressing it <laughs> love it so we have some thoughts here of people wrote in I asked for people to give their impressions of 1.11 or anything that they might want to get off their chest about it and that we would read it here on the show do you guys happen to have these tweets pulled up. I do, yes. Okay. So I'll I go ahead and X's. start off. I'll go ahead and start off with this one from Footlong Shoe here. Ava Evangelion 1.0 slash 1.01 slash 1.11 covers the most <laughs> familiar territory in the new theatrical edition series by a mile, so I'm kind of underwhelmed by it. But it is a good introduction, it has just enough new touches to pique interest. Plus the updated Ramuel is really cool. Ramuel. The sixth angel. The, the, the diamond shaped yeah, one. Yeah, the oh one. yeah. Super yeah. cool. So I and yeah, it's kind of what we talked about. This is largely a retelling, but does some really cool stuff with it and is it interesting. I'm on I'm on board with you one hundred percent foot long yeah. shoe. Yeah. Uh Jacob Sawyer uh says, was really excited when it came out. I like the subtle differences in the designs. Really looks terrific. I mean, they really had <laughs> Ava had been such a moneymaker for the last ten years for this coming out that it was kind of like yeah, we don't have any restraints. We can just go all out on this. And I, mm-hmm. it really shows they didn't uh, uh, pull any punches at all. There's yeah, still it, a lot of charm in the 90s anime, just the style it looks oh, in. Yeah. But oh, yeah. it's, this is, this like you said, Randy, it's a, it looks like they still kept it 90s, but just with the modern, they use Photoshop mm-hmm. to color and everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the redone unit one is probably my favorite mech design of all time. Now, now that you pointed out, I, I, I like that more. Yeah. I think there's a figure coming out in Tamashi stores exclusively in New York on Friday that uh might have to pick up. So that metal build one? <laughs> I think so. I'm gonna be the contrarian and say I dislike the rebuild design for you know one. I get it. You're not alone. It in makes that. a lot of sense, but I just I definitely really prefer the original. Yeah. 
the softer colors of the original. I mean, it's for the medium. The mm-hmm. movies are much more higher contrast in general. Yeah. 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 It and serves we, the we function that it get, needs to. Yeah. We don't get much of like a full shot of it. If we do, it's like a second or two before the action kicks in. So it's hard for me to like pinpoint like, oh, that looks different. I, I wouldn't have never guessed that if you didn't tell me. We'll get into <laughs> some redesigns in the next movie that I don't like. Or don't prefer. I'll say I do not prefer. But that's for a future movie. Doug, do you have the the next tweet pulled up? I don't. I lied. I don't Don't. have any X's. So Austin called turn, quote, Tex Austin. And I think he's making a turn A Gundam joke here. Yes. uh, At turn Tex. I felt this film was fine enough entry point for new viewers. And for for those familiar with Ava, it's a fine review and had hints of new content to keep them back. What I find the most interesting is the announced production timeline, which we went over early on. So they were all supposed to come out within a couple years of the first one coming out. Like the Matrix. And the original (laughs) idea for this was that they were going to stick pretty closely to the show until the final one, which was going to be a new ending. And the run times are also buck wild here the first one 90 minutes the second one 90 minutes three and four were going to be double features kind of like with an intermission much like end of evangelion i would assume yeah but it's supposed to be 45 minutes and 45 minutes i can't oh. tell you how long 3.333 is but thrice upon a time is one of the longest traditionally animated movies of all time at like <laughs> two hours and like 45 minutes it's crazy long Holy for an animated crap. film 3.33 is 96 minutes long Okay. It is so the shortest of all of them. <laughs> wow. So but they, yeah. this is what I'm saying, Doug, about th- these movies got away from them conceptually and literally became way the longer, scope. came out way result, later. I'm kind of glad it did because uh, yeah. the end results of everything I liked. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Doug, when you were watching, did you watch the post credit scene? Post credit scene? So that's right. Each oh, of no, these I... movies will have a post credit scene. What? In just like the TV series, where it's that same song that plays and telling you Masato narrating one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And fan service, fan service. Right? Is that what they say? Yeah. Service, 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 service. So, and they kind of aren't necessarily lining up with what actually ends up being in these movies oh, because no way, really? the movies kept getting further and further away from them and changing that's in shame. development so that's actually hilarious though <laughs> did you guys have any final thoughts uh, before we go ahead and wrap this up uh i would say watching this man i'm so excited to get to 2.22 i love that one so yeah. much i'm sorry i'm playing my <laughs> hand here but oh my god <laughs> i love it and i can't wait to see it again for I me, like that one, I'm gonna have a lot more questions. With the next three movies that we're gonna watch, it's a real Sophie's choice over which one oh. I like the most. I cannot. Yeah, I think 2.22 is such a solid movie and has a crazy high ending. Uh-huh. 3.33, I think, is the most bonkers Ava <laughs> type experience of them all. And then mm-hmm. I think the fourth one is just a masterpiece in its own right, having to carry on its shoulders, wrapping up. 30 25 years of a, a franchise oh and yeah. so there's a lot to say about these movies going forward i couldn't i can't i couldn't rank them 
And I'm just going to say that right now. We're not going to yeah. rank these movies. This one we just watch is at the bottom. The next three, I can't rank. <laughs> you can't rank. <laughs> yeah. The fourth yeah, is automatically the best because of the ending song. So that that's my, <laughs> yeah. that's my play for it. The uh, the voice actors for this, I don't think we, we touched on that, uh, but everyone's back, right? For the most part, every voice actor came back to voice in these rebuild movies. Yeah. Japanese. With, yes. Yeah. Japanese, yes, yes. Which is so fun. You know, we, we watched Death True 2 and End of Evangelion uh, last time. And I didn't really pay attention to it. And then there was just like one line in the rebuilds where I heard Alba, one of the nerve techs, the guy with the long hair, who mm-hmm. when he gets tanged and end just sees a bunch of rays. I always forget that it's the same. It's the same guy who plays Dio in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> playing. But he just like gave one lyric. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot that's Dio. <laughs> it's just got a very distinct voice. I'm just like, uh-huh. oh, I always wow, forget okay. Kaji is Beerus. Oh, oh, I didn't even really? know that. Yeah. Huh. I'm gonna look out for that now. But it, yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 it's cool. But it's also like, oh, Masato sounds older now. Mm. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah, Suishi. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's still. I, I think I would prefer that still to have the voice actors come back and do the reprisal roles, even if they do sound a little off character. Because even Toji sounded a little too old. Yeah, mm. I I noticed that too with Toji. He sounds like he's <laughs> an 80 year old man. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever. Yeah. Megumi Ogata's voice is timeless. I don't oh, think yeah. she can ever not sound. She? <laughs> She's yeah. Shinji. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Uh, Shinji was great. Now, you, you might have heard her in other things. She's Karama in Yu Yu Hakusho. She's Sailor Uranus in uh, Sailor Moon. Um, uh, Yukito in Cardcaptor Sakura. Like, just a whole bunch of gotcha, cool, gotcha. cool characters. Now, yeah. I-, I would say Ava is probably one of the most iconic English dubs of all time, the original series as well. There's so many lines in that that are just like stick in your head, right? If you were an ADV dub fan who watched <laughs> the original series and then went into, well, first of all, you're already betrayed kind of by the director's cuts and then end of Ava because they had to change so mm-hmm. much of the cast. And then these movies are like half the cast. Hmm. But I right. didn't they get the original Gendo back? Or am I th- um, misremembering I that? don't believe they did. They got uh, Shinji and Masato back. And I think that's it until the second movie, which then they got Tiffany Grant back for Asuka. But yeah, there's very few returning. Um, I'd have to check back uh, for Toji. Um, no, Toji is now um, Raditz. Justin Cook, I think. Oh, okay, Justin Cook. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I think I was thinking of Thrice Upon a Time where hearing Brett Weaver, who, I don't know, like, I I don't tend to watch a lot of uh, dub stuff too often. There's a bunch of things from ADV back in the day where it was kind of my bread and butter growing up, so I'd hear him in, like, Sorcerer Hunters and, uh, and Evangelion and other such things, but hearing him back in Thrice, I was like, oh, holy crap, they got Brett Weaver back. He sounds like he's 80. Not playing. to... <laughs> So not to get into the details of why I'm excited about this, but I'm so excited to talk about Funimation and what happened with 3.33 because, Whoa. oh man, <laughs> I have no idea. I can't there was a relationship that ended there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the wait for that DVD and Blu-ray man was hell. Yeah. Oh, I think I heard some things about that. Yeah. I will. Yeah. T- I'll, Randy and I will tighten up our research before we t- broach that subject because <laughs> I got to want to get anything wrong. I got to watch that one with the lost dub for it um, for, I think the original theatrical cut of 3.33 um, had was shown here. And then there were years apart before then the home release came and they changed a lot of it. And I think just this past year it leaked. And now we actually have the original dub for that, which is kind of wild. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Ava is definitely one of those things. Um, 
I watched in English first, but now I mm-hmm. can't imagine watching it in English again. I'm very strictly only watching the show in Japanese. I just, the Japanese cast blows it out of the water, dude. You're telling me I guess so. Akiyama from the Yakuza games is Kaji? <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I I watched this thing with the ADV dub, the TV series, so, so many times. And then I think it was finally in like 2010 where I was like, all right, time to do my, I don't know, 20th rewatch of this TV show. <laughs> I'm going to do it in Japanese this time. And I don't think I've really gone back other than when the Netflix dub of the TV show came out. I watched that. I'm like, I actually really like this. And then I did nice. a rewatch like two years ago and I watched it again. I guess dub, I never but. said how I, I didn't even watch the series at all until late. Like I think 2010 somewhere around then when the rebuilds mm. were coming out. I'm like, yeah, let me check this out. And I always in, I enjoyed it, but I never understood it. But still something about it, even though I didn't understand it, I would always constantly like have urges to rewatch the series. So I maybe rewatch it about three or four times. And I think this is the first time I'm watching it with <laughs> actual context. Thanks to you guys. <laughs> things are making a little more sense now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's glad to have you guys uh, there with me. So yeah. yeah I, oh, I can't wait to get further in, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're gonna, you're going to have to lean on us. <laughs> some of the later I, stuff. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And as you're watching the TV show, please, by all means, drop in the group chat and be like, what's the deal with this? Because I'm sure okay. Ken and I will just be furiously typing yeah. to like answer because we love to talk about this Multiple stuff. people are typing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dead Sea Scrolls. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, okay. Let me get you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's like four wiki links. <laughs> let me give you the How TLDR. It's so convenient that, that all these angels come in and like, okay, the angel's going to give you six hours of prep time to figure out your plan. Like, I, I love the idea of like, because of that, you're being, you're able to see uh nerve handle all these ideas and do this. all stuff, But it just feels weird. Everything <laughs> was orchestrated by Sele. That's all you got to mm. know. Yeah. Okay. Everything. It's not right. Like, why don't they just send two angels? Like, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. The rate at which everything was foretold and Sele knew that. And, Sele knew that. I, yeah. yeah Sele is what I have the most questions about, but I guess we'll get into all that. Well, yeah, we're going to get into a lot. Like, it's so later, convenient right? that, that the angels start coming as soon as the Avas are ready to be piloted or something. All know. planned. All planned. All, all planned. Okay, that makes more sense. That it's not just random, like, coincidence. No. No. It's all planned cool. so they can get the S2 engines. S2 engines? So, from the original TV series. <laughs> We're going to be talking um, for three more hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. This is fun. You know, you joined because you had some questions, yeah, and I'm absolutely. sure, like, you know, if we, there was stuff we... And if you're this far deep into the episode with us, yeah. you're with us. <laughs> uh, so Avas, right? They got to be plugged in because yeah. they run out of power and then they have batteries. So the S2 engines, uh, the sup- based on the super solenoid theory from Dr. Katsuragi, uh, uh, Masato's father. Masato's father, um, yeah. Yeah, is basically what is what keeps the angels not needing to be plugged in. So uh, by... Adapting that technology into an Ava, now you don't need battery power, which is what Unit 1 does on its own against that one angel by eating it, uh, uh-huh. ingests its S2 engine, and now Unit 1 no longer needs to be plugged in. Um, so, you know, that's always been Ever? the plan by Sailor. Yeah, after yeah. that angel attack. It is plugged in right. in that one fight with, um, I think it's Armisiel, the one, like, ring thing that uh, kills Ray. Um, but it's like... I. Th- I'm like, was that an animation error or was that just like, ah, oh, let's plug it in just in case. Oh, so even even the characters work. know that it doesn't need to be plugged in anymore after that. That's yes. that's also what confuses me a lot is like, who knows what and who doesn't know what, that that, that kind of stuff. Half the fun of the show is who knows what and who I, doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Sele yeah. also orchestrated when the Katsuragi expedition needed to happen. Really? At like a technological advancement because they knew once we trigger this, 
this is how much time we have until Sakiel shows up. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you tell me what Sele is? Like, are they humans? They, yeah, they're humans. They're they like appear as those in, like pillar thingies. N- they're right. An <clears throat> ancient religious organization of like lunatics mm-hmm. that are trying to evolve humanity, become okay. closer to God, become so God. they're basically. It just, it just doesn't matter what they look like. That's why they're the pillars. Just, you do you see, see all of Hale, Sele at one point. No, you see on. like five of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> instead of like the 13 but yeah there's in a, in a hologram talking to gendo in, in the tv series they're right the they're all sitting around a table he's one yeah. with a big nose yep that's, that's one of them no, no that's a different dude i don't think they all Another have names but, but that that is right but from from then on you just see them as the pillar thingies right to represent them yeah they didn't they didn't shower that morning so they don't turn on their webcam <laughs> yeah. for the zoom meeting they just go audio only <laughs> <laughs> One of the ideas I had when I was going to make our layouts was that it was going to be sound only, but then I was like, no, I'll just put us in the LCL. <laughs> yeah. You want to see our faces. Hey, no. exactly. Well, I think that so just about brings us yeah, to the no, end I'm, of yeah, this year episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could be here all night talking about AVA theories and everything. And I would and love it. Questions, so. Thanks uh, for watching. We always have such a great time here talking about stuff, talking about Dragon Ball and talking about Ava here is something that we're all pretty passionate about as well. And thank you for joining us on this journey. I know it's weird when you're sitting here on a Dragon Ball channel or, or and you see an Ava video or an Ava podcast pop kind of in. Kind taking it back. Like, what? what? And it's not April well, Fool's yet. Well, yeah. Well, here it is. So, Randy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Saber underscore Breaker on pretty much anything and everything. Yeah. All right. And Doug? Jerbaz Doug everywhere. All right. And you can find me at some variation of Detective X. Some a little more real than others, because I have to change my name because <laughs> other people took Detective this one's X the in real different places. So. <laughs> but I'm not going to pay for a check mark, so you just have to assume that it's me. <laughs> and then if I'm speaking another language, well, then you have to know it was Then me, you know. So, yeah. So thanks, as always, for watching, guys. And we'll catch you, Matinator. Bye. See ya. See ya.